Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report on this Monday. Glad that you are with me. So, uh, did the Sunday live chat, got back from New Orleans, uh, watched the Saints win. It's always a good time when you get to watch the Saints win. And for whatever it's worth, 16-15 is a perfect football score. It's the perfect... No, I can't even I can't even pretend like that was a good game. It doesn't matter because we won. But anyway, got back from New Orleans immediately, fired up the live chat. So uh, and it was a busy one. There was a lot of uh, messages messages in the chat. So uh, the back half of it is a little bit of rapid fire, but it was a good back and forth, good conversation. Uh, Ole Miss fans, state fans, both in the chat. So you're going to hear some state Arizona talk as well. But it was a good night, good conversation. Fans are concerned. Also, there is some. There's a spin zone with how the teams played that I, that I lead with, because if you look at the rest of the SEC, every fan base in the league should be deeply concerned about certain things involving their team. So, Ole Miss fans are concerned about the offensive line today. They should be. It was not good enough on Saturday. Mississippi State fans are concerned about the conservatism of the offense. They should be, because if they do what they did this past Saturday against LSU starting at 11 o'clock on Saturday, they're going to get beat soundly. But if you look around the SEC, everybody's got something like that. So anyway, we talk about that, get into the live chat, about an hour's worth of uh, conversation coming your way after I tell you that, number one, you got to follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on the website. Pull out your phone, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. And before we get into the live chat, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Vantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That is the website, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has got you covered. If you are, again, if you're in Mississippi and you need anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is, and tell them I sent you. You got a complimentary office technology assessment. Uh, just Tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will perform that assessment on me. Advantage Business Systems for all of your office technology needs in Mississippi. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard, and they will treat you like you're a neighbor. Every time I go in, they know who I am. They remember who I am. I have had exclusively positive banking experiences with Priority One Bank because they make me their priority. They've also got local uh, loan servicing and decision-making, so you don't need to hop on the phone and talk to somebody or even on Zoom, which I had to do in the past, uh, to get a loan or have your loan serviced. It's somebody that you can sit down with face-to-face that is in your backyard. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Here it is, live chat, Sunday night, talking Rebs, talking Bulldogs, some other stuff mixed in there as well. Enjoy it, and I'll talk to you guys again on the next one. Let's talk football. I want to start with this thought, though, because I know you guys are going to bring it up, and and I know we're going to talk about it in chat, uh, about, look, wins are wins. Ole Miss and Mississippi State both won games. That's the most important thing. 
But fans for both schools came away concerned. Ole Miss fans, rightfully, very concerned about offensive line play. Uh, Mississippi State fans concerned uh, about lack of explosive plays and giving up explosive Kind of the key to the game, and they ended up winning anyway, but they gave up explosive plays. They also created some, more than some, uh, defensively, an entire hand's worth of explosive plays for Mississippi State's defense. But they didn't generate any, uh, really. And it, it gets real for State this weekend, much more real than what you saw uh, on Saturday. So fans are coming away from these wins concerned, not uh, really super confident, even though teams are 2-0 and 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 you won these games with, with how they look. But here's a little spin zone for you. Um, you. When you watch your team closely, you see more warts than other people probably see about y- your team. Either that or the entire SEC is in the same boat as you. Let's go through the league real quick. So Ole Miss struggled for a while with Tulane, ended up winning by 17. Mississippi State beat Arizona uh, in overtime by a touchdown. Look at the rest of the SEC. Alabama got smoked by Texas this past weekend, and and the the score was kind of close, but Texas was the better uh, football team, and quarterback and, and line plays an issue there at Alabama. You've already seen what happened with LSU when they played Florida State. They got absolutely demolished. Wide receiver plays an issue. Uh, were more uh, were out physical badly against Florida State. They certainly look human, if not worse. Arkansas, uh, I mean, struggled offensively with Kent State uh, this past weekend. Uh, Auburn um, is a disaster at the quarterback position and couldn't move the football on a Cal defense that gave up a lot more uh, points and yards last weekend against North Texas. Even the almighty Georgia from the SEC East has gotten off to really, really, really poor starts, really poor starts uh, against much, much lesser opponents this past weekend. Kentucky offensively. Uh, right now is uh, is really, really struggling. Uh, hell, there was a point in time where you thought that Eastern Kentucky was, uh, I mean, they were, uh, they were at least giving them a hard time, but Kentucky really struggled in that game. Texas A&M lost to Miami and, and did so in ugly fashion. Florida got demolished by Utah in ugly fashion. Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Tennessee scored the least amount of points they have in the Hypel era. That They were really struggling with Austin P. You look around the SEC, and if you're disappointed with your team's performance, the other 14 teams, in, or the other 12 or 13 teams in the SEC, are also kind of in the same boat. I, I think this weekend was a reminder, or, or possibly could have been a reminder, and again, that that doesn't excuse the flaws on these teams, right? That's not what I'm saying, but winning is difficult. Even against teams that you're supposed to be better than, winning is hard. And you're not going to be perfect every week. No football team is perfect every week. Not even the professional teams, okay? Uh, nobody's perfect every week. Winning is hard. When you do it, enjoy it. And when you look around the rest of the SEC, every other fan base is doing the same thing you're doing. Picking apart your teams and figuring out what's wrong and wondering if it's going to be something that costs your team games down the line. This is as human as the SEC's felt in quite some time. So, yes, there are flaws with Mississippi State. There are flaws that are going to cost them games, possibly as early as this weekend. Yes, there are flaws with Ole Miss. There are flaws that are going to cost them a game, probably not this weekend considering opponent, but two weeks from now, entirely possible. 
everybody else in the SEC can say the same thing. So a little uh, perspective for you. And uh, let's get to uh, to the chat. Edward leads us off, says, man, oh, man, the SEC looks like a total mess right now. Edward, you and me, same page, brother, the exact same page. He says, and A&M is easily the worst of it, getting nearly 50 dropped on them by Miami. Auburn also looks like a travesty. And A&M's got a money decision coming up, man. I mean, they've got losses coming, a lot of them. Um, There is no reason a program with their resources and money should be as bad as they are. But at the same time, are you going to pay that buyout? I, I mean, that, that's the debate now, right, is is will they pay the buyout? I don't see a turnaround coming. I think that they are going to be what everybody thought that they were going to be and what they have been, frankly, under Jimbo Fisher, almost exclusively. Uh, so, yeah, it is an interesting November coming from College Station. The game at Tulane, you say, was ridiculously hot and long with all the breaks. You saw people passing out. Wow. And, and again, even today's Saints game, which was rid, I mean, just loaded with bad replays and, and the officiating crew was not efficient today like officiating crews usually are. And, and there were too many replays. And still, how much faster those games feel versus college is, um, is, a, is a thing. Jason's been warning us about Arizona. He said he's the smartest man alive. Yeah, the, the Cats, uh, they couldn't get it done, though. They, they could not get it done, but they absolutely um, they absolutely were, were in the game. Probably, if you're an Arizona fan, you think they should have won that game. Um, five turnovers, uh, the difference. And again, so it's a, it's a two-way street, right? Because, well, Arizona turned it over five times. That's why they lost. But there's another team involved in the turnover thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just get gifted, like, bad interceptions. Sure. But, like, there is another factor in the turnover game. Well, well, Arizona turned it over five times, so, of course, uh, they lost. And it's just because of the turnovers. Well, yeah, somebody created those. You know, you have to execute and create those turnovers. But at the same time, if those are not interceptions and they're pass breakups and that's all they are and the ball falls gently uh, to the grass. Does that change the complexion of the game? Probably, but it doesn't matter because the, the plays were made and um, and State won. But yes, that game was close, close, close. Uh, way too close for comfort. I'm concerned about the lack of explosive plays uh, from Mississippi State's offense. And I don't know what they have to do to get that. I thought Mike Wright was uh, criminally underused in that game. But if, if you're only... Uh, anyway, I just I, I don't I don't think that that style of offense is sustainable this weekend with LSU in town. I don't think that you can do the same thing that you just did and beat LSU this weekend. I really don't. But we'll see. Ole Miss has some serious issues up front on the offense. It's like uh, uh, the lack of quality tight end tanks the whole front unacceptable, and they are fortunate Jackson darts a baller and the receivers stepped up. Yeah, you know. And I know people, and, and I'm like this too, are, are reactionary in real time. And they, they say and think things that they don't actually believe. But man, the, the number of people that I saw say things about, like, when, why aren't they going to Sanders? Or, or at what point do you go to Spencer Sanders? It's 
like I'm not a football expert, right? My skill, and you can put that in quotes because I don't think I'm skilled, but my skill is communication. It's not expertise. Coaches are the experts. The coaches, former coaches, former players, they they really know what's going on. I, I'm just a communicator is is what I think and what I'm supposed to be good at anyway. But w- people calling for Jackson Dart to get benched have no idea what they were watching. And, and I hate to be that guy, but you don't know what you were watching if you think that Jackson Dart should have come out of that game at any point. Like, you don't know what you're watching. Um, Ole Miss was atrocious uh, up front on the offensive line. Um, luckily, if you want a spin zone, you know, Michael Pettis is not as bad as he looked. He's better than that. That wasn't – and, you know, it's a problem that that wasn't maximum effort. That is a problem. Like, they are not good up there, but he can be better than that. He was a glaring weakness for them, and you've seen against better teams him perform better than that, but still. An atrocity uh, was Ole Miss's offensive line. Spencer Sanders, who I don't know why people think that he's some like elite level superstar, like mega fast. Like I, I don't know where that comes from. Jackson Darden is one season as a starter statistically was a better runner in a more difficult league. And uh, going from your starter that clearly won the job to the backup, the turnover prone backup behind an offensive line that is struggling makes sense. How I, I, but anyway, I'm spending too much time on it because it was always ridiculous. But yes, uh, defense and Jackson Dart and Dayton Wade as well. Um, Watkins was a, was was fine too. Um, saved the game uh, for Ole Miss. They they have serious issues up front on the offensive line. You think that they can be better than what you, they need to be better than what they showed because you're not winning many games if that is if if that is your best effort up front on the offensive line at all. Um, yeah, Dart. Is, is tough, and, uh, you know, th- there probably were more. I think he made one mistake throw, and it wasn't the interception. Wade slipped out of his break. The ball would have been right on the money. His, just, his receiver fell down when he was making his cut on a timing route. Um, one mistake was a, a late pass to Trigg over the middle. Uh, that was a bad decision. There might be more, but, uh, yeah, uh, quarterback and defense won that game for Ole Miss, no doubt. Tim says, just give me the win. Yeah, it, you know. And they covered as well. Woke up at 5.30 this morning to catch your flight back home from New Orleans. Why would you schedule a flight at 5.30 after a Saturday in New Orleans? You're crazy, man. But uh, glad to see you. You're most proud of how the Rebels battled. Last year's team loses by three scores to Tulane. If you can figure out offensive line, Ole Miss is contenders. Yeah, but that that's a big if, you know. I mean, that that's... I'm going to caution against some of that. Like the the SEC looks vulnerable. Alabama clearly. Like I just did a little rundown. The entire league looks gettable. Every single team in the SEC is beatable, except for Georgia, and even they haven't looked perfect. Uh, seriously, I, I feel like the entire league is kind of on a similar playing field, and and that'll change. And and we'll start getting tears as the season moves on. It always kind of works out that way. But the league looks very human. It does, but. The, the people doing the, well, Alabama's, they can beat Alabama now. Oh, may, maybe, but you're not beating Alabama with offensive line play being what it was. And so, well, if that gets better, then yes, that's true. If they get better up front on the, if they play better there, then there's potential. But now Trey Harris is, is hurt for a few weeks. Anyway, at least that's the rumor. Who knows if it's actually true or not? Um, but that's that's a big if. Like if they get better up front, well, 
we'll see if they do. But right now, I'm not. Uh, I have to. I have to see it first before I. I start talking about you know wins over like 10, 11 wins in the. You know what I mean? I. I I can't go there yet until I see improved line play. And in fact, I think that they've they've got losses coming based on what you saw on Saturday. They've got losses coming that people won't be very thrilled with if they don't get better. I think you hit Arizona, Mississippi State pretty well in the head. State looks bad on offense and good on defense for the most part. Absolutely. Arizona wins that game if they don't turn it over five times. Like, come on. Yeah, so Arizona is one of the better teams in college football, as we talked about going in uh, at explosive plays, and they showed you why uh, on Saturday. They had four receivers with a long reception of 17 yards or more, uh, two of which uh, had a long of 27 yards or more and one uh, for 55. Arizona, even against State's defense, who played really well, we're, we're able to get explosive plays. That's concerning, but at least you still think you know what you got with that defense, and they showed you why. I mean, they, they create havoc up front. They turn the football over. They ball hawked in, in the secondary. Um, but I'm with you. You're not winning games when you are so unexplosive on offense. And I don't, and, and Marks, Marks has been really good, and I think State's good up front. But what Arizona presented to you and what LSU presents to you uh, on Saturday morning are, are, are very, very different things. And so you've got to be explosive in, in the passing game because I don't think you're lining up and running on LSU and winning if, if you're just not getting that much from your passing game. So it's something to keep an eye on. Forky, I'm tired of you saying that the NFL is the superior product to college, and then every time I tune in, it's a 30-point blowout, and I have to watch Canada ruin the Steelers even more. There's a lot of close games today, though. I mean, the, the game I went to was was a perfect football game. I, I mean, come on. 16-15, to 15, it doesn't get any better than uh, than that, does it? No. Um, that was an interesting day, though. Uh, Jack's Indy was good. Tampa was good, apparently. Obviously, the Saints... I mean, even the Commanders had a fight with Arizona. Vegas somehow beat Sean Payton in the opener. Dolphins-Chargers was really close. I only watched one game, obviously, but apparently it was a good good weekend of football. I think Ole Miss grew up a lot in New Orleans this weekend. Felt like the 2022 team or any previous coaching staff loses that because we've seen it before. Uh, Jackson Dart uh, said something like that after the game, that, that last year's team would have lost on Saturday. I mean, look, Michael Pratt, no Michael Pratt, um, 27 second half points and in, in a shutdown performance from your defense. I don't think is anything that last year's team was capable of regardless of opponent. So that does matter. A great defense gassed by always being on the field, dragging a completely inept offense by its skull to win eight plus to an eight plus win season. This is state's brand. And we've been doing it for five years now. Yeah, but uh, yes, yes, but yes, but um, yes, but that that's the phrase I'm going to go with uh, here. That team is not winning nine games. The one that played on Saturday, 
And that was what a lot of state fans talked about going into the season. Well, this is a 9-1 football team because of the schedule. Well, the, the, the team that played on uh, last night is not winning nine football games. The team that played last night is not winning eight football games. They have got I, – I, with, with everything that we know, they have got to score more points. They have got to be more – they have to be more productive offensively because as good as state was – at forcing havoc and creating turnovers yesterday, you're not getting five of them every week. And you're going to play better quarterbacks with better weapons, with better offenses moving forward. But but you are right in that that was the formula a year ago. They weren't good offensively last year, especially in the second half of the season. Down the stretch, they, they were, frankly, they were bad. It, it was a liability in some cases. And yet they won games, uh, talented and experienced defense, um, led them to eight wins. Can they do it again? We will have to see. Every week is gettable, but I, I every week is gettable. At least it feels like. Texas looked legit and Ewers was dropping dimes, but I'm hesitant to say Texas is back until I see them win 10-plus games and the Big 12. Yeah, all this is is one win. I, I you know, it's it's a prove it game, or at least that's what I thought going into it was Texas can prove it here, and they did. They stepped up. Sark called a really good game. Um, Alabama's defense, you know, they got rid of Pete Golding and he was the problem, and he's just terrible. And then they give up all these explosive. Wait a minute, hold on. Uh, it's almost as if. Uh, that guy that's in my mentions all the time about Pete Golding, uh, he got really quiet on Saturday night. I wonder why that happened. Um, but yeah, I need to see more. One win is all it is is one win. That's all it is. Can they actually do this on a weekly basis and win the Big 12? Hot take. This is going to be a down year for the SEC. I don't think it's going to be. I think it is. I think you already know. Um, yeah, that that it is. I think it's a down year. Or is it is it down or is it even? Which one is it? Is it down or is it even? No, it's down because of their performances against other uh, Power 5 teams so far. State cannot sustain how they played Saturday. It's almost impossible to force five turnovers every game. It's about to get real for them. Here's another one. State's offensive line has issues right up the middle. If you have access, pull up State's post-game radio broadcast. It sounded like our net knew it was going to be an issue and was limited in play calling. Have I heard any updates about Mackerel? I have not. I have not. And that is um that is an unfortunate uh, situation. I I have not seen any update there. So Really proud of Dayton Wade. Would love to see Braylon Brown or Jalen Knox step up, especially if Trey Harris is hurt. Um, yeah, they're going to need the, uh, the the UTSA transfer to, to get healthy. I mean, this is about what the timeline was supposed to be. So that, that would be a nice boost because, frankly, uh, expecting anything from Braylon Brown and, and Jalen Knox at this point um, – 
I don't know if that would be a good waste to, or a good use of emotional capital, honestly. I mean, Jalen Knox got an opportunity and ball goes right through his hands and guy could have been picked off. Um, that That is just something that cannot happen, especially when you get in these games where every possession matters. Um, yeah, Wade was good, but but who? Wh- where's that production going to come from? Uh, that, that's a great question for the next four or five weeks, however long it is. Is Aiden Williams ready? I mean, there were a couple of times where he was very clearly not on the same page with the offense. And can he be dependable, uh, especially when you go on the road in Tuscaloosa in, in 13 days uh, from right now, where the atmosphere is a hell of a lot different than the one that you just played it? People are still shocked that State isn't good on offense, but guys, the offense has been limited for years, and they're making a whole scheme change with a new staff, but it's too conservative. All offseason, I asked on here what's being done to improve the Ole Miss offensive line. I I didn't see it. I was passed over. We still have that problem. It certainly is a problem. I mean, they they changed offensive line coaches again. Um, Garrison has a proven track record of of putting guys into the NFL and, and having good offensive lines. And um, you know, Michael Pettis took to Twitter to you know take accountability for his uh, for his performance, which I, you know that's impressive uh, considering you know he's a young guy and and uh, he none of them were any good. So you know, singling him out is not exactly fair because uh, they all kind of stunk, but he was especially bad. Um, and outstandingly bad. Uh, so what, what you would hope is Twitter words become action on the field because he is better. He's a hell of a lot more talented than he, he played. And, and when you are so outstandingly bad on the offensive line, Trevor Penning today for the Saints, kind of a different deal. But Penning, Arden Key became Trevor Penning's dad today. He was horrible, absolutely horrible. And it's so easy to spot poor tackle play. And, and he was awful. It looked like he was not mental, like like he wasn't like giving effort. That didn't look like maximum effort. And part of me was wondering, you know, why they didn't at least give somebody else a chance because it couldn't have really possibly been worse. But yeah, I'm, I, you're not beating Alabama with how they played up front, I and mean, they couldn't co- control the line of scrimmage against Tulane. And I know Tulane, I, I get it, you know, they're they're good and experienced and they've got a good defensive line and they're playing Alabama in 13 days. Spare me with that. They're playing Alabama in 13 days. Uh, And if you expect to win that game, that is not, if you're expecting to win that game, playing like that is not going to get that done. Horrible up front. Dart, it was like the Jon Snow gif when, Oh, I can't remember the details now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Jon Snow's got his sword out, and there's a thousand horses coming right at him. That's what Saturday was for Jackson Dart, and that was too lame. So it's a huge issue. It is a huge issue. Is it correctable? I'm not smart enough to know, but I also don't get paid $9 million plus whatever John Garrison's making to figure that out. Uh, but it is very clearly an issue. Did get better as the game went on in the second half. Some To, to some degree, it was a little bit better, but... Still, I mean, the play of the game was because Jackson Dart is so good at eluding pressure. Should have been a fourth down sack. Instead, he gets out of it somehow and throws that touchdown pass to Trigg. 
Um, so even the play of the game had protection issues. Once a generation or so, the SEC is bad for a couple of years. It's frankly overdue. I can't recall a stretch this long where the entire conference, top to bottom, was as overwhelmingly better than everyone. And Jason, I hope it's down. I hope you're exactly right. I hope this is this generation that makes it more fun, especially now with um, the 12-team playoff coming. A more balanced league gives the teams around here a better chance to make the playoff, which is obviously uh, that would be great if that were to happen. Maybe A&M can find dirt on Jimbo like Michigan State did Tucker. What a weird deal uh, that is becoming. Uh, I'm Weird deal. You think Tulane was a wake-up call for Ole Miss to get their head straight before SEC play? You need to hope it was. And again, it, what's so funny about this is it, it's a three-score win. It's a it's a 17-point win on the road against a ranked team. So it depends on if are you an optimist or a pessimist? Because an optimist can find things with this game that are good, and a pessimist can find things with this game that are horrible. It's just kind of how it goes. And the same thing with State. An optimist can really find really good things that happen to State on Saturday. A pessimist can really find really bad things. Honestly, and the truth, as always, as we talk about all the time, is somewhere in the middle. The truth for Ole Miss and Tulane is somewhere in the middle with how they played and and what that game was and what it means. It wasn't a great win and, oh, yeah, just survive in advance and all that. No, it's not that, but it's not, oh, shit, they're in trouble. You know what I mean? It's somewhere in between. It's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. I, I I truly believe that that's where Saturday's performances land here is there are things you can take away that are good. There are things that you can take away that are bad. Some are correctable. You hope all of it's correctable. Some may not be. And the teams are flawed, which is, which is okay. It's to be expected. They can be better than they looked. Question is, will they be? You think most of Ole Miss's O-line issue is not having a true tight end, not a glorified big-bodied wide receiver? Pete DeWeese theorized that Tulane packed the box with six or seven guys all game long, keying off the tackles. If that's the case, and and maybe they did make those adjustments because they were better offensively in the second half, but Lane's got a play sheet and a $9 million salary. So if if they're doing something defensively, you have to find a counter. And they did. I mean, again, 27 second half points. They were better offensively in the second half. No doubt. So just remember to thank AM for taking top offensive line and defensive line recruits away from Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama and dragging those schools down to mortality. Yeah, I saw you tweet that. I mean, that, you know, I, I really do think that it's not a coincidence that we are, what, a couple of years into NIL and the football factories as of late seem more mortal than they have in, in recent years correlation doesn't always equal causation but maybe in this case it does Pete Golding is also earning his pay at Ole Miss the defense is stepping up time and time again yeah and look they're they're not going to be perfect like they're going to struggle some this year I, I think that they are lacking personnel in in certain spots it's as I've talked about with you guys all offseason it if they can be a top Hell, if they can be a top 50 defense, top 40 defense, that's a good year. There's so much change and so much turnover. But there was marked improvement 
from last year's defense to this one on Saturday and marked improvement from early in the game to late in the game. I mean, they, they won Jackson Dart and defense. They won that game because of defense. And yes, it's a backup quarterback. It was not Michael Pratt. But in the second half, especially when Ole Miss was, was really good defensively, they completely controlled the line of scrimmage totally. They were able to get pressure very quickly, and receivers were not open. I don't know how much more, or, or I don't know how much Michael Pratt could change the fact that his team, at least in the second half, was bodied up front and receivers weren't open. There's only so much a quarterback can do if you are losing the battle in the line of scrimmage and your receivers are not open. And that's what they did in the second half of that game. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They got pressure, and nobody was open. They made really good plays in the defensive secondary. Um, yes, that you saw a glimpse of what that can look like. It's still not going to be perfect this season, though. But you did catch a glimpse of what people have been talking about, seeking improvement. You saw it on Saturday. You should have anyway. Alabama and Georgia will blow Ole Miss off the line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Ole Miss you saw Saturday, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. It feels like fall right now in New Orleans. You st- Oh, yeah, I, forget. I was about to say you're still there, but of course you're still there because you live there. Uh, yeah, this weekend was amazing. Um, Re- Rebecca, the weather was just phenomenal. I mean, I this is the shirt I wore to the game. I had a long sleeve shirt on today. It was a dry fit. I was a little toasty after the game, walking back to the car. Uh, but yeah, this was a beautiful weather weekend in New Orleans. Bo, honestly, I wish I could answer this question for you. I, I really do, but I, I don't know. He said, "Is the offensive line issues personnel, technique, or just sloppiness, and is it fixable?" So, from my amateur eyes, um, on Saturday, it felt at least some of it was was sloppiness and possibly effort. Because again, I, I've seen specifically Pettis, and, and I. I hate to single individual college players out. Like, I don't think that should be my job is to point out a player and say, he sucks. I don't think that's what I should be doing with, with a platform. Um, but to his credit, again, he took to Twitter to own it. So I'm, I'm going to use him as an example. We've seen him play better against better teams. Like, we have seen Micah Pettis perform better than that. He is better than that. So what caused that performance? Is it lack of focus? Is it lack of preparation? Did he sneak out of the hotel and go party on Bourbon Street the night before? I, I don't know, but um, he in particular is better than the way he played. But why did he play so poorly? And it wasn't just him. So I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's tech. I have no idea what it is. But I, I can simply say that that is not good enough, and they will lose a lot of games because of that if that continues. Who that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was fun today. I, I Tomorrow I'm going to sound worse than I do right now, but that was fun today. Zach says, my friends, quote, if we didn't get five turnovers, we would have lost. Yes, me. If the game had gone differently, the game would have gone differently. Great take there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, five turnovers does not happen every week, but you got, there, there's two sides to that equation. Absolutely. If the Jaden Delora that played in the second half played in the first, you think Arizona would have won. He's tough. I mean, what was it? Three straight plays that were interceptions, right? Isn't that it? Isn't that right? I think. Let's see. I, I think I remember correctly. Um, I could be wrong. There's one. 
two. Yeah, three straight series. Not three straight plays, but three straight series where Jane Delora threw interceptions in the first half and came back and played well. He's tough. Hey, we knew going into it, though, uh, how much of a challenge that was going to be. We, we knew that it was going to be a challenge. And and you saw it. He's tough. And he can. he's good and athletic and takes too many risks. But that was a good test. The line being so bad eliminates Judkins for most of the game. Yes, it does. Puts all the pressure on Dart, but he's so tough and bailed them out. That fourth down was incredible to watch. Looked like another two. Yes. It seems like he grew up on Saturday as well. Amen, Dart is the man. Yep. I'm way behind on these messages, by the way. I am 20 minutes behind, so I'm going to kind of try to catch up and rattle these off because it's been a long day and I'm tired. So uh, I'm going to do rapid fire here for the next little bit. You think Tulane was the better top? You think Tulane was better top to bottom than many many of us gave credit, but in an ideal situation, almost wins that game much more comfortably without Pratt. But if he did play, he couldn't move. For sure. If you would have given it a go and been immobile, that would have been a problem. You had high hopes for Rodgers. He has to step up, still can. He can. He can, but it gets real Saturday. Almost would have gotten to him with all the pressure, for sure. That's not the point. Is Sanders not more mobile? Well, a mobile quarterback is usually better when they can't block a soul. Sanders could have been the spark. Just saying, but glad Dart figured it out. But there is, maybe he is a little faster, but there is no objective measure that tells you he is a better runner. And so we'll just put the fast guy in there and he can just run around the defenders that are completely collapsing a pocket. It doesn't work like that. It just simply doesn't work like that. And again, there's a reason he's not starting. There's a reason Lane Kiffin has looked at them too and said, Dart's better, because he is. The, Spencer Sanders is a four-year starter and, and has been turnover-prone at every stop. And so you're going to take a turnover-prone quarterback and put him behind an offensive line that is getting destroyed. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, just let him run around. Again, there's no objective measure, not one that tells you that he is a more effective runner than Dart. Is he faster? Probably. But more effective at actually doing it? The numbers don't tell you that he is. And again, he's turnover prone. Four years he's been turnover prone. I just, people are doing that crap at the Saints game today. Guy sitting behind me, put in Jameis, put in Jameis. Why? There's a reason Jameis is on the sidelines right now. The backup quarterback is always the most popular player, but Spencer Sanders would not have changed the fact that Ole Miss up front was getting absolutely demolished for the majority of that game. Wondering with that bad offensive line play, how much it affects Lane's play calling, as in you don't see many RPOs, or at least it seemed that way. That's a question I hope he gets asked tomorrow at, uh, at the press conference. Just, you know, if you are struggling up front, what do you do as a play caller to kind of alleviate that? I'm I'm curious to see why Ole Miss doesn't implement uh, more of a screen game as well. That can kind of take some pressure off an offensive line. You think Dart might already be a top three quarterback in the SEC? You don't think many others will win them to a win that will them to win a game like that? Again, I'm going to rapid fire here because uh, there's a lot, and I appreciate all of you, and I want to get to all of them. Because uh, if you're going to take time to message me, then I'm going to take time to acknowledge them. Rodgers only had 15 pass plays in four quarters. Hard to step up with that. Yeah, they've got to let 
the offense has got to be released a little bit. It was too conservative this weekend. Can't be conservative this weekend. Rodgers wasn't even given an opportunity to let it rip. Yes, he's limited, but Barbe is stalling out the offense. Another one, got to fix the offensive line. The Rebs are going 7-5, and 6-6. Six and six. Agreed. It was very efficient, but you can't go with that game plan again. Talking about Rodgers, I agree with that as well. They had two portal guys from this year's portal cycle start the last two weeks. Not Williams, the star O-lineman that was a freshman last year. I would love to know why that is. That That's something that doesn't make sense to me either, but I would love to know. A win is a win. Ask LSU and Bama if they would have taken an ugly win over a ranked team rather than a double-digit loss. Very good point. Absolutely. That That's the thing. At the end of the day, 2-0. Teams won. Everybody in the SEC looks ugly. Delora reminds you of 2020 Matt Corral, explosive quarterback who tries to force it too much. Not a bad comparison. Maybe it's some continuity issue on the offensive line, but you have seen these offensive linemen play much better. Absolutely. Hope Trigg's big touchdown will be a turning point for him mentally-wise. He's got everything right there in front of him if he stays locked in. And if I remember correctly, I, I could misremember this, but I do think that he also like recognized Dart escape the pocket and improvised what he was doing as well, which would be a good heady play. If I remember correctly, it could be wrong. Ugly wins can keep the shit up ship upright. Whoops. Ugly wins can keep the shit upright. That a boy, Michael, good reading allow and allow things to get fixed state or Ole Miss losing would have been a complete disaster. I agree. Ole Miss's offensive line can't even run block right now. Forky, your Saints did get a for, did get fortunate with a few calls. The fumble that was ruled an incomplete and the no-call PI on Tannehill's second pick. But also, also, there was that long, obvious PI to Olave that didn't get called. And then what would have been a touchdown to Shahid, where he clearly got his foot and knee down inbounds, and they called it incomplete, and then the review said it stood. Kind of evens things out a little bit, doesn't it? I think so. Hey, we won, okay? Get off my back. I'm kidding. If Ole Miss gets up uh, big on Tech before half, what do I think about seeing Sanders or Howard for the second half? I'm not sold on Dart not being able to go over the I, – I am not going to entertain putting in a different quarterback besides Jackson Dart right now. I, I, like, I cannot watch what Ole Miss did on Saturday and think quarterback's the problem. They should try a different one. I, I, I can't do it. If he, if he plays poorly – Yes, but him his play on Saturday was absolutely not at all worthy of testing out another absolutely not. No. No, you no. Jackson Dart is a quarterback of this team. He did nothing on Saturday but win the game for that team. You're not testing somebody else in the third week of the season before you play Alabama when your guy's your guy. Sorry, that was was that a little harsh? Sorry. I I just Anyway, sorry if that was. Um, the students for Tulane showed up on Saturday. You were sitting across the other end zone from them, and the noise coming from them was deafening. Yeah, I, I heard people uh, got got treatment that you expect, like in Baton Rouge, from some Tulane students on Saturday. The way Ole Miss is playing on the line, you don't think they can just drag Georgia Tech by 30? Maybe they do get some things fixed, though. We'll learn a good bit about what they really are up front this weekend. If they struggle again, then they've got a real issue. 
they need to get the run blocking fixed before Judkins decides, oh, don't worry about Judkins and, and, and all that right now. It's week two. Don't worry about that. You think they're using Cedric Johnson like what LSU is using their star pass rusher as more of a linebacker because they have a hole there? Um, more so, they used him more as what he should be this week than last week for sure. Do I think Bama goes with the Notre Dame transfer or, or do they keep Milrow? I think they're going to keep Milrow. I, I think so. You heard Buckner at Bama is down to the third string. They have serious issues at quarterback. They have issues up front as well. Ole Miss may possibly have the best quality win in the SEC so far. Hmm. Who would be... It would be the other, I wonder, off the top of my head. Well, Vanderbilt did beat Hawaii, so... What we are seeing is the portal evens teams up some. Possibly. Joke of the day, be kind to your Bama friends today, tomorrow at work. They're not handling last night well. Offer to take them to the Longhorn Steakhouse. (laughs) There you go. Hardy heart. Kind of a dad joke, but I like it. Until I see Ole Miss play better on the offensive line, I'm not giving them wins over Bama or LSU, and Georgia is an auto loss. I think the product of the transfer... This is the product of the transfer portal. People don't put into account of the players who earn Power 5 scholarships that transfer down a level. Sure. Absolutely. And anyone noticed how Kiffin has changed his style? He would have never kicked that field goal at the end the last three years. Helps when you find out your kicker can make it from 60. Yeah, it's it's easy to kick field goals in tight spots when you've got a kicker that apparently is that good. Because holy crap. I mean, I guess there was a little wind at his back. But 56 down the pipe that hit the net like up on the net that was a that was a big uh big cojones decision and a big cojones kick right there always thought that state people saying eight to ten wins were ignoring the obvious it's an obscenely rare for a team to wholesale change everything from a coaching standpoint and not struggle at least early do i think they give pre-scorn a look this week because of injuries uh, i don't know I, I that'll all depend on his recovery That'll all depend on his recovery. I, I mean, I, I guess there was an outside shot of him playing this week, but if if he, they're not going to rush him back for Georgia Tech. And yeah, Caden Davis, a Texas A&M transfer. Shout out Jimbo. I assume that he could use it. Really, the drama and the kick doesn't happen in the end if uh, an old Miss lineman doesn't grab the quarterback's face mask, but maybe they still cover anyway. That was a soft, soft call, though. Alabama looks like poop emoji. Yes, they do. Yes. Uh, well, well, for for their standards, anyway, they, they look like that. Right now, all the conferences except for the Pac-12 looks bad. Let's hold off before we put the SEC into the grave. Pac-12 looks like the best league in America right now. Any reason why Centarian Perkins was MIA for most of the game? If I remember, if I recall correctly, it looked like he kind of screwed up early. And, and frankly, they, they may not trust him. They they may not trust him to be in the right spot. And, you know, Ole Miss is not great at linebacker right now. But I thought Coleman and Montgomery and Gene Baptiste played well enough. And, and they were in the right spots. And you, when it's a tight game especially, and you're not confident 
that you're going to have a linebacker in the right place, that leads to big plays. And especially in the second half, they were doing a really good job of limiting big plays, especially on the ground. So you know, they may not fully trust him yet. And the same thing with Aiden Williams. I mean, again, a couple of times where he screwed up. I mean, it was not on the same page with his quarterback. You can't have that in close games. So maybe that was just a, a trust thing. And, you know, there are people that were like calling, why isn't Perkins in? Why is he not in? This this is dumb. Why? You gave up 2.5 yards per carry, three second half points. What was wrong with the guys that did play? I don't know. I, I But I think that's what it is. Hope you enjoyed your uh, your weekend in enemy territory, even though you were also in your territory. Weird situation for you to be in there, Rebecca, but uh, appreciate you. Something in me is saying that Lane and Golding are holding out on plays and schemes until they go to Tuscaloosa. You know, Lane, by now it's very clear that he puts emphasis on that Alabama game for sure. Say it looked very vanilla and right was misused, but I want to see them pull out all the stops on LSU. They're going to need to if they're going to, if they're going to win for, for sure. Power 5 teams playing road games at G5 teams have a tendency to get weird and bad for the visitors. I like that they do it as, uh, as well. And, yes, Tulane does have a good football team. Fritz is a good coach. Big test for both them and Southern Miss this weekend. Interesting game now for, uh, for them. Glad to get the W. New Orleans 2-0. Offense scored 20 in the second half. Yeah, there was that scoop and score. Absolutely. But still, 20. If your offense is scoring 20 and a half, that's 40 a game. You know? Running up the middle between the tackles hasn't worked since the Arkansas game last year. Alabama, this isn't something new, which is concerning. Some of it possibly could be scheme, but again, I'm not smart enough to. Not smart enough to know. How much of Ole Miss's struggles was them not mentally engaged at the beginning? That's, that's a possibility. Maybe, um, you know, Lane talked about it after the game some, that there were some of the new guys that um, I think the phrase he used was burned their energy before the game, whatever that means. What's with the Jackson isn't mobile BS? I've heard all year last year how good he is at not taking sacks because he's good at not taking sacks. It's just, I mean, there are people that, I swear, there are people that think that that the opponent like doesn't also try and doesn't also have players. Like sometimes quarterbacks, even mobile ones, get sacked. Lamar Jackson gets sacked all the time. He got sacked at Louisville. Like the most mobile quarterback in football right now gets sacked sometimes. The best defenses in football sometimes give up gives up five yards on a rushing play. Like anyway, how did the Saints play? Kind of poorly, but they won, so it doesn't matter. Hope Kiffin and Weiss can come up with some better third down to red zone plays before Bama had an issue with that last year, and and that's another point of concern. Is it's it's a very similar issue, and it, it doesn't look like it's been much better i'm making the assumption that sanders is the same quarterback under kiffin as he was gundy gundy has never been a great quarterback coach i disagree with that completely mike gundy's done very well with quarterbacks lane is one i don't think sanders kiffin and sanders gundy gundy are the same quarterback but sanders has been a quarterback for lane kiffin since january and lane kiffin doesn't think sanders is worthy of playing you know what i mean 
you're you're kind of ignoring that reality is that Lane Kiffin has seen Spencer Sanders in person against Jackson Dart and has decided he's not as good as him. Like there, there's a reason he didn't play on Saturday because he's not as good. Lane has said Charlie Weiss is the main play caller this year. Yeah, but but Lane's got a headset, a microphone, and a play sheet, you know? And so there's this thing that happens sometimes where when the offense is good, it's all Lane Kiffin's great. And when it's bad, it's all Charlie Weiss sucks. When it's good, they both deserve credit. And when it's bad, they both deserve blame. Same thing last year. It's like, Kiffin, again, Kiffin's got a headset, a microphone, and a play sheet. Unless that's a, a Waffle House menu, He's involved in offense as well. And so when it's not good, he's also the $9 million coach as well. So when it's not good, it's not just Charlie Weiss's fault. You say something like Levy is better than Weiss, but Oklahoma's offense sucks. Yeah, now he's in all kinds of crap too. Any doubt that uh, Djokovic is the GOAT? None. No doubt he's the GOAT. Yeah, I, I saw the column. I, I haven't read it yet about how, how Tulane in New Orleans uh, won the day and all that. Yeah, I, I haven't read it yet, but I, that's what you write. Never mind. Never mind. You think Delore got Jesse Palmer by the Cowbells early? Speaking of, how about Coach Jed Fish chewing the whole team out after the third interception? That guy's the real deal, and they'll get someone in the Pac-12 for sure. You were in the student section and couldn't hear anything the announcer said in the student section, and we couldn't see replays or anything. Ooh. What's up with Costa? I think he just got beat out by a better kicker. I mean, you could you kind of see that, right? Yeah, there were some empty seats on TV. I don't know if, like, because there there's a club area over there, and maybe more people went to that. I don't know, but I saw, I noticed that on television. They would have called for a horse collar, if not the face mask on the Ivy face mask. Well, I could be wrong. Isn't it a horse collar if you bring them down by it? Right? You can grab it and then let go and then tackle them, right? Isn't it about bringing them down to the ground? But they called face mask, not horse collar. Because of a certain injury, I had to cheer against more of my former students than I would have otherwise. I sat in the top of the student section, so I wouldn't draw attention. That's a smart move. That's a veteran move right there. With the struggles of the middle running game starting since last year, have I noticed they didn't have a tight end then either. But, I mean, is Caden Prescorn the difference between running and not running? I mean, is that, is that really that, – I can't do the, well, they don't have a tight end and that's why they can't run the ball thing. I can't because they're getting blown up on the interior as well. That's, that's not a tight end issue. We can't deny that week two gave us some good games. Texas Tech, Oregon was awesome. Yeah, it was. Absolutely it was. Wisconsin losing was obvious. Never trust, trust Longo. If Kiffin needs a menu at Waffle House, Ole Miss should fire him ASAP. No reason a head coach in the SEC needs a menu. That's a good point. 
Jimbo's play sheet might be a menu from Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah, uh, after Ross Pace's buyout, he's going to get a lot better than uh, than Longhorn for sure. But anyway, um, I hate to do this, guys, because th- this I- I'm having fun and we're doing rapid fire and all that. But uh, but I got to go. I'm t- I'm I'm beat. I'm beat like hell. I appreciate you guys, all of you, uh, for for tuning in, checking it out, like the video, all that good stuff. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday. So I'll see you guys then. Thank you. I'm going to go take a shower and go to bed. Wash the New Orleans off me. I'll see you guys then. Tuesday night, 745, probably closer to 8. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.